0: The emotion isn't necessarily going to change the situation. So the quicker you can get out of an undesired emotion, I think the better you can um, just start acting again. And actions are what change things.
1: Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzabor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage uh, podcast. Uh, I've got all the way from New York, uh, Johnny Quinn Alston. Uh, We've known each other for quite a while now, like a number of years. And where it's been sort of a work connection, we've also just gone really nerdy on our bodies and mental health and how we've kind of been working on ourselves as well as uh, supporting family members and other people. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Petra. I'm very, very excited to be here. It's so good to have you. Now, of course, the context that we're still in, and this may be put out a, a few weeks from now, but is isolation, it's COVID-19, it's lots of people are in states of anxiety, or, or perhaps that initial survival anxiety has kind of balanced out to a place of being more reflective or accepting and going, oh my God, what do I do with this time? Um, how are you coping with COVID-19, actually?
0: Yeah, well, I would say that, um, like many people and obviously probably yourself as well, the initial, uh, weeks were just very disorienting in a way. I mean, I think no matter what a person was doing, whether they were running to work and working a full day or whether they were moving at a more natural pace, this reshaped sort of like expectations, I think, and also just like, uh, responsibility. So for me, the first few weeks were like, okay, uh, this is crazy, like that. We're yeah. living in this horror movie. Um, you know, I everyone's run into Netflix. I go on, there's like three disaster films that are the trending top films. I'm like, okay, I don't know if, if these should be at the top, but but we're living this as well. So there's a there was definitely a surreal state of like, a this is happening, and then b what am I supposed to be doing right now? Um, I have a lot of personal projects and work projects that I, I was in the midst of trying to get done. But um, but also there was this feeling of like, OK, you know, well, you have all this time now you can start to work on things. But it was it was almost like a start and stop thing where it was hard to be productive or confusing about uh, the reason to be productive because you didn't know. Well, wait, when does this act, where does this actually land? You know, before I had uh, a couple of music projects that had an April date and a May date and I had some other. Uh, things that that were all in that time frame. And then those were all not there. So, you know, I guess that question of having a deadline, making you move sometimes. um, Having a purpose, right? Like really having having, why you're doing it, yeah. Having a purpose. And so for me, I think the first few weeks were like, all right, redefining, not necessarily the purpose, but the priority of what I wanted to focus on. Um, And I think I've just gotten around to like, kind of writing out a whole month plan of things I want to do. But it took a while to say, okay, you can focus and you can work or have fun or learn things and relax on this time. But now you understand that you don't necessarily know when, or or maybe it's not, this is not so much the goal in terms of a worldly sense, and it's more of a personal goal. And just trying to focus in and focus on those things, despite the news yeah. and, and getting off the news as much. Getting off of the news.
1: It, yeah, <laughs> it's a really powerful one, completely. Uh, and also, I want to recognize that there's different people are being affected in different ways. So some people have lost their income. Some people are on government stuff. Some people are self-employed. So people are in a range of sort of adapting situations, not to mention those who have kids who are now home from school. That's me two teenagers yeah. in the house, yeah. I had to like coordinate because I'm going to be busy for the next two hours, like talking to you and I've got a webinar after and I'm like, map out right. your, you guys are responsible. I've got it, you know, um, yeah. so why is mental health important for you, first of all, and then we'll connect into some of the physiological elements. Why is it important?
0: Yeah, so in general, mental health is, is supremely important because it's our, it's sort of like our, um, our control center right It's our it's our base of operations uh if you think of you know your mind uh and obviously you have your body um you have all sorts of i think for me there are four themes of mental health there there's obviously the psychological side of it which i think governs both mental and emotional health but there's also your physical health uh there's your social health so you know your relationships Actually. and just your, yeah. your general um I guess I would say the health of your ability to interact outside of yourself. And then we have our practical health, which is dealing with everything from the physical body to our finances, to our career. And so for me, um, I, I, you know, with your right mate, we, we've done some discussions that that's sort of a philosophy that when we work with people, we base it on the, those pillars and mental health is the core of all of those things because Uh, it really governs how you're able to, uh, you know, perform in those other areas. And so uh, I think, you know, not only is it important in terms of being able to perform and be productive, but it also is a way to, you know, life is full of ups and downs and all of those areas. But the one area that can be your sort of sanctuary, um, not for everyone, and I'm not saying it's the same for everyone, but, but, Your inner uh, sanctum, if I could say that, is a place that you always retreat to, whether you want to or not. So being able to keep that uh, maintained, it's not always gonna be perfect. For everyone, it can't always be perfect. Yeah, and I think what you're
1: saying is, then the environment doesn't have to have as much of a destabling impact on you. So talk about like now our environment is like huge, but in day-to-day life, there would be small things, you might lose a job. You might lose a contract. You might break up in a relationship. Like those little environmental factors, and you're saying right. if we invest in that core piece, that inner part of ourselves, that stuff can right. come and go, but we've got that inner strength in a way to to support ourselves.
0: Absolutely, and this is this is not new uh, information, sure. but I think sometimes that message gets lost. But it's it's been threaded through religion throughout time whether you want to look at Buddhism or Christianity you know this this meditation even and then when we get uh, if you separate from religion you look at mindfulness or you just look at grounding or stress and anxiety it's always about being able to use this as a resource when all of that, uh, which it always eventually does, it goes does. awry. Yeah. And when we're talking, yeah, so, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, the one thing that we can be certain of is uncertainty, right? And as much Absolutely. as people are asking me loads of questions, i like, how do we cope with this uncertainty? I'm a bit like, well, we've actually always had uncertainty. Like, that's just a part of life. It just happens to be this, okay, bigger but also collective, so we can all kind yeah. of reinforce this narrative around this big uncertainty when actually, if right. you've been developing the skills to right. invest in yourself as you're des- describing, yes, it might wobble you a bit as you adjust and adapt, but equally you're like, all right, I have this acceptance that life is like this.
0: Yeah. I get, yeah. The uh, and, and that's that concept of what you just said is actually freeing in a way because it's kind of like when you can accept uncertainty and when you can accept that the only thing that doesn't change is change then you can kind of say okay i need to stop trying to control everything and i need to just wake up every day and know that anything can happen and what is the what are what are the things that i can do internally to create balance and whatever those situations are so i mean obviously we're we're in the coronavirus context now and so many you know, perhaps not everyone, there were a lot of people at the beach when the news was going on and all that. I, I envy their, whatever they have, that makes them, you know, not just, I guess, completely uh-huh. dive in. So, and maybe that works for them, but uh, but that's not necessarily the correct move. Um, and, and, you know, maybe there's something else that they have to tap into. But I think, you know, uh, most of us are going through this period in a similar fashion. And, uh, and I think we're at a time point now, it's, it's mid April where there's been enough time to freak out. There's been enough time to be like, what do I do, what do I do? And maybe start to kind of prioritize what you want. But obviously there are still some people that are trying to figure out, especially with not knowing what it, when it will end, what the right step forward is. And, and to go back to your question of why mental health is important to me, aside from the things I mentioned, um, obviously I do have a personal connection to the story. Uh, My younger brother, Wesley Jamel Alston, in 2011, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, It was a very, it was similarly actually disorienting, a similar feeling when that happened. Where We were like, okay, you know, will this ever change? What does it mean? mean? My parents weren't going to work in those first few days. He was out of school. Like, it was, I was really a mess. Like, it was a complete uh, disorienting thing. But we're fine now. I mean, that was a decade ago. Um, it was very stressful for us all in the beginning. He went through treatment, he studied mindfulness, he works now, he's in school now uh, you, you probably would not even think of that when you met him because he has done that work to rebalance and I think you know i I, I like bringing that example up in the conversations we have because we often meet people who have what some would say are are less puzzling diagnoses. I mean, they're still they're still important and serious. But Perfect. anxiety, depression may have a bit more of a straightforward path in terms Perfect. of something like schizophrenia. But he has really um, conquered that. Uh, and at the time being, you know, you see you see that he's able to do it. So I think that's just a reminder to me that we've been through something really disorienting. And yet, when you try to understand the different pieces, you can. Uh, come out uh, in a better place than you were when you found out. So so that's been part of why I got involved. Um, because of that, we met Johnny Benjamin, MBE, who is a very prolific mental health campaigner, who also has a similar diagnosis to my brother. Um, his life was saved by a stranger one day when he was attempting to t- you know, uh, yeah, life. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then they turned that around and he's an amazing mental health speaker and we've done some work with them after becoming friends with them first. That's how I met you. So all of those things are really important to me. And I'll also say that, uh, I had a startup in my twenties and there was a good year there where something just got really off. Uh, I didn't know what it was. Um, I would have, I'd be fine. And then I go out, and drink like a normal person but for a week after I would just be completely disoriented um my my thought a lot of anxiety just like productivity would hit a wall and that was going on for a good year it affected a lot of people um it brought a decent amount of just you know embarrassment because people were counting on me and I was going through this and I, I couldn't understand it um however uh you know About a year into that, I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. I'm not understanding why this is happening. This wasn't happening before. And a lot of, you know, looking into my past and looking into my health history, and I had realized that about a year or two before that was going on, um, I basically was prescribed a lot of antibiotics for, it it was never clarified, but I think it was a mono Epstein-Barr related thing. Who knows? I never got that answer. But I do know that I got a lot of antibiotics. And, and from that point, I was unable to properly digest gluten and dairy. Had always been able to eat it. Never had an issue until that particular time when I caught something and was trying to heal that. Um, and so, you know, over the years, I've looked back at that and I, uh, and I was reading into it. And I picked up a really amazing book by Julia Ross, who's someone we've begun to collaborate with. I'm so lucky. That's oh, like... Cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. we went on, I learned about Johnny Benjamin, went to YouTube, pulled him out of the internet, got this book. It was amazing. Pulled her out of the internet. So I think that's my talent. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway... and collaborate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, hey, you need to, like, let's talk. But um, anyway, so the book was called The Mood Cure. And it basically looked at... um. A lot of paths toward I guess I would say imbalance um, in mental health and she's also written on diet and and other physical things but you know the things that I read basically all pointed towards um, an opportunity to experiment supplementing with amino acids so um, those range from tyrosine to 5-HTP to GABA um, and there's others and you know i didn't know what i was doing i just went and tried it out i and i'll be full disclosure the first thing i grabbed was the tyrosine because i was like reading the book i was like that sounds what i need because i'm feeling a little of sluggish this is a pick-me-up and it was i just it was it was amazing but it was too much i was just like i was flying and i was like oh my god this is amazing, a crash, but it's how-
1: too much flying isn't there
0: yeah and i was like this is amazing but how do i slow down so so But it taught me that these things really do work. And and I think what I was surprised about and and I think shocked about was that this was something I just read in a book, went to Whole Foods, grabbed off the shelf. You know, I didn't have to go see a therapist. I was never put on antidepressants. um, And it worked in an instant. Uh, I I, I did get sort of two up. So I went to Whole Foods again and bought the, the counterbalancing one, which is GABA. And ever since, those issues that I would have, which I would say are stress and anxiety and a, and a bit of depression that would come, you know, and it, and it was just alcohol. And eventually I think I was learning that it was excess sugar in my diet um, or if I accidentally ate gluten or dairy, those things were causing my, my physiology from my yeah. diet was and my nutrition, right, were, were causing a physiological
1: uh, cascade in terms of my mental health. And, and so I just want to highlight for the listener, uh, and, and people will know this anyway, the, the separation of how these things are often treated. So often physical health, you go to the gym, you get a PT, maybe you get a physio, maybe there, you know, there maybe there's occupational health for how you're sitting, like it's all very medicalized and physical. And then for mental health, there might be talking therapies and there's antidepressants, but it feels like it's different experts and separate. And this book that you're describing, as well as more recent research, I mean. It's not rocket science when we think that our brain and our head is connected to our body, right? right? But we end up treating it as very separate. Like you have a mental health thing, go there. You have a physical health thing, go there. And what you've discovered is that the nutrition and what we put into our bodies affects our minds. Exactly. Yeah. And, And
0: I mean, like you said, it's not rocket scientists. It's simply, those that know, know, which is kind of a street way, way <laughs> of putting it. But, but you know, those that know, know, and those that don't know have no idea. And there was a time when my thing was, okay, I need to set up some therapist appointments. But, but really, I just needed to uh, aid my body And what I would come to learn was uh, processing the things I was eating correctly. Um, and
1: Can I just say, as a psychotherapist, we're not actually given any insight and training other than what we want to research ourselves into right. the, the physical health piece impacting mental health. Of course, right. there's like a standard, you know, five a day exercise. You know, it helps everyone be a little bit healthy. But I right. wish that psychotherapy and psycho psychologists and all the rest of it were actually treating people from that baseline first before yeah. going antidepressant. To- let's be in talking therapy for the next five years and you're like, all right, do I just want to reinforce the problem, you know, or as a psychotherapist, that's not always the way it is, but it can be. Right. 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 Or is, do we actually educate and inform people that there are other ways of of doing things? Yeah. And I think
0: that's like, I mean, so, and I'll give a little backstory uh, about the work that we've been doing. So, you know, Um, I got to know Johnny and Neil, they, they've been doing great, uh, work speaking in the UK. Yeah. yeah. They decided that we had such a good bond that we should also bring that into the U S and actually before they asked me to help them with that, I, I, I initially was sort of like, uh, helping them, uh, facilitate speaking at various companies and universities in, in New York. Um, but I had told them a few years before that they like to say that this was all their idea, but, but I had told them that, you know, because of my own journey and my frustration really with just how easy it was to sort of rebalance myself, but how long it took me to figure that out. Um, I was kind of working on a like publication sort of online magazine thing that would be looking into alternative Health therapies that people might not know about, and, and sharing that stuff sort of in a hip way, so that you know millennials were getting access to it, whatnot. I sort of occasionally was like, I don't know, I might. You hear these doctors going missing after they reveal these <laughs> secrets. I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to be doing Pharma's this. I, gonna I find no you. I need to put yeah, into the universe, but uh, <laughs> but it's but it's not just something one person needs to share at this point. It's all actually on the internet. It's all there. It's just. My frustration and my shock was that this stuff was not common knowledge and was not being brought up, and still isn't being brought up in many mental health conversations, uh, mental health therapy sessions, whatnot. So I do think I I have a conviction to um, to spread that more. And you know, with you, all right, Nate, we have done some work with companies. We are bringing this into the fold. We've been speaking with uh, Julia Ross's team about potentially. building out an actual full program around that and so I, I know that it's a missing piece for hundreds if not thousands if not millions mm-hmm. of people and it's what's, something that people should look into
1: what's been the reaction though because obviously you believe in it so much so you talk about it with friends and you know work and all the rest of it like what like broadly what do you think do people you know it's it been, it,
0: i would say it's been very mixed we were at I, I won't say the company's name but we were at a very very large company and the first time i brought it up someone said oh, that's, you can't just go around saying that's the answer, like, that's not it. Like, they were just dead set that this was faux, you know, medicine. They were just dead, and and I'm well aware of the many people that think there are, when people start to talk like this, that they're quacks or that it's pseudoscience or whatnot, well aware of it. But the evidence for me is that I did it and it worked, like, flawlessly and, and almost near instantly. It's just... It's that type of thing. And th- this isn't the only thing. There's a lot of things beyond the amino acids. I mean, right now, I don't even touch those as much because I've really cleaned up my diet and, you know, trying my best to not, you know, cave when somebody brings home, like, something really sweet and amazing. it's and hard. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. But, um, but, you know, I have really recently been doing a lot better in terms of what I put in my body, and that in and of itself not only has cleared up some of the you know mental fog and whatnot, but I've also had a lot more physical energy, which was a whole other thing that I think got impacted by my 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 diet issues. So so that's one route is just simplifying and cleaning your diet. I've been in and out of a, sort of a whole thirty diet recently, and I, I couldn't believe how much better I felt. Um. So so there's a lot of things like that, and I think. You know, my the first the reaction I got from this uh person at one workshop we were doing was, Oh, that's not what the the protocol is and that's not how it works and you can't just go around I, I advise you to not go around telling people that. But my my position is I'm not saying that this is the answer, but it is certainly potentially an answer or part of an answer.
1: It's part of um, the answer. Yeah. And I always say that it's not, it can't be a one size fits all. There are certain components that are true just as far as health, right? In general. Um, but we, I would encourage people to educate themselves, to test things, you know, like I've tested a range of well-being things on myself when I was in the worst sort of point, whether it was meditation or therapies or giving back, volunteering, just like a whole range of things. And now I kind of have that self-awareness of what supports me and and what doesn't. Um, And it sounds like you've been through a whole range of experimenting, learning, educating yourself and all the rest of it. And you've mentioned a few things. Um, I'm curious about your brother and if part of this has played a part in his, and I also want to point out from what you said earlier about your brother, the personal responsibility part in our mental health and our physical health. And that often we get on this like shock. You said it's disorienting. He gets diagnosed. Everyone goes, ah. We trust the the powers that be to advise us and tell us how to behave or what to do or what medication to take. And sometimes people just go, right, that's my lot in life. You know, Um, that's just the way it is. This is, I am now labeled and this is gonna be my journey and other people start to really educate themselves and do the work to, right. to, to have the richest life possible. So I'm curious right. about the top things that worked for you, I guess, but also for your brother, if some of this supported him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to go back really briefly. You asked how people reacted. I sort of gave yeah. the like. Yeah, yeah, the negative one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also, at the same company in one, uh, in one scenario, another time we were working with them, had someone hit listen to what I said and she said, she was on her phone while I was talking about it. And when I finished, she said, yeah, okay, that's amazing. I just bought the book. So I think it's it's been varied, but I think it has to do with a person's openness, which I would encourage everyone to be open versus just how entrenched they are in what may be um, a bit of a limited way of thinking. And just, you know, but I think I can't imagine, I think if this type of inf- information is promoted, people will be able to see that as a part of the menu to choose from and go from there. And so in terms of me, um, yeah, that, that has been like, I mean, I've probably been working with amino acids for about seven years now. And that's like, that's been a major, like, I just, I always have them with me like, and I don't always need them. You know, I don't take them every day. I don't even take them every week. It's just, if i eat something and i get a little uh, you know inflammatory reaction or you know what not i can pretty much predict my my gut isn't what it was when i was 12 uh and so i need to help my body synthesize what it would normally get from the food if i'm not digesting not digesting it properly so in terms of wesley um it's strange like he was diagnosed our birthdays are a day apart 3 years apart but his birthday is a day before mine okay. um as you know, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I'm really into astrology. So, uh, yeah, I, won't yeah, go deep, I won't go too deep into that. I don't want to scare anybody away, but uh <laughs> but I will say that, <laughs> I will say that um, you know, around the time that he, the same within a month, um, I came out to my parents and then he was diagnosed. It was like Whoa. these Yeah, I don't know if i even ever told you that, but these I don't major
1: that was that close. Yeah.
0: Yeah, these major, it was July of 2011, I came out to my parents. And then that August, uh, we took him to the hospital. And so these major, like, identity and life changing things happened to us both around the same time. And that was also around the time, if I'm remembering correctly, that I started having um, these stomach issues. So it was really strange. And I was just getting into experimenting with not eating gluten and whatnot. And I was like convinced that Wesley had to cut out gluten. And I was like, you know, I was like, Mom, mom, he has, he has to stop gluten. He has to stop. That that's that's it. That's it. And and she was running around, like learning all these recipes, trying to cause we were trying everything. But ultimately, about three months into that, he was like, Okay, this isn't gonna work for me. Like I can't just not eat this stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. There's no scientific information in that. But that was me trying to help uh and also everyone's physiology is different internally every and that's a big important thing like i'm saying what worked for me but it's not all the same for everyone and everything and sometimes you do need more here or less there it's just you really have to pay attention but it's but it is about looking at the full menu i think and knowing what all is possibly there but um what was i think really effective for wesley i mean I won't sugarcoat it in the beginning i would say the first year was just really really difficult and there were really low points and whatnot and just a lot a lot of confusion a lot of pain um and um eventually uh though he was working with a, a, a therapist they were trying you know the different medicines and not all of them were working immediately. And, you know, he was, was at, just at a point where he was like, what, what is, what is going to be the outcome of all this? But eventually he did find a regimen at work. And I think in combination with that, for him, he started taking mindfulness classes. And uh, to be honest, it's something I'm not really good at. I'll be fully honest about that just because I'm always trying to do stuff. And I like to, I like to meditate, but I'm not sure if I can call that mindfulness um but he really got the hang of it and i think it was a combination of that plus also um he was able to get a job that brought more of the when we look at those four themes the i think the social theme of it uh that's one of those things right being able to get out and being yeah. able, to just, being able to get out of yourself you yeah. know and change whatever you're
1: dealing with sometimes is is a missing piece yeah. um, and, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm agreeing just that social routine element so that you can get out of your own head and kind of just obsessing about what's wrong and kind of have some purpose, I guess.
0: Exactly, and then also um, he and I both are also very like into the gym. He's more so into like basketball. He was he's like, him and my dad are like, you know, complete basketball fanatics. So he never stopped, that's one thing, like he never stopped playing basketball actually. It, at, at any point of this, I think, like before it was happening, while it was happening and still today, he's always loved playing basketball. And I think, you know, well, we just know it's a very simple thing. It brings you into your body. Um, You're you're not thinking as much It's more of a physical behavior and it's a mind body connection thing. So I think that was all very important for him. Um, and it, and it, and I was just really amazed with the transformation he had from where, from where it was really rough to where he is now. Like, cause we, again, we didn't know. I mean, when he was diagnosed, this will make us sound a little, um, unenlightened, but most people who don't go through these things don't really understand what they are. And in the beginning, when he, when they told us what it was, we was like, but he doesn't have, you know, that, like we thought that was when a person is. X, y, z, and da, da da, and I mean, and it was tricky, but when we were told that, I think we had some fear that that might be what we were always gonna see, like okay. sort of what he was going through in the beginning, so to see his change was like, oh, like okay, like you know, we know that you still have the diagnosis, um there are still you know some things that he like may occasionally uh he i think sure. he primarily like hears voices here and there, and he may occasionally hear them but it's not like at the same intensity um and i think there was a time when he might not have been able to tell if they were something real occurring versus you know whatnot and now he he just knows what it is which i think a lot of that came from the mindfulness training and it doesn't really consume him so we didn't know that that was possible i think we just thought it would always be something where he was consumed by this um and now you know not only not is he um, he just doesn't. You don't even. It's almost like we don't even think about it anymore. I mean, we do if it comes up, and I'm sure he he reflects on it and whatnot. But in terms of what he's presenting, and uh, and 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 in terms of you know it keeping him from behaving and whatnot, it's just it's really not uh, a thing we talk about much at the current moment. So, yeah. like we said, you never know if things go up and down. But but that was. But I do think
1: that kind of relates to what's going on now, in a sense, where you were talking about a similar initial reaction of being destabilized, lots of fear, lots of probably reading everything you could. It sounds like your mom was trying to look into everything around how to support him, getting all the advice from everywhere. And at the moment, the news is on all the time. People are going fear, fear, fear. Even if it stops, the economy is going to be fucked for years and years and years. You know, like that kind of busy mind thinking that when you're in something, uh, it will never uh, finish, and people forget that good times go. Well, people remember that good times go away. You're in good times, and you're like, oh, how long is this gonna last? But when bad times right. happen, they're like, this is gonna last forever, you know. Yeah. Rather than kind of going, hmm, life is a bit like that, and sometimes we have the dips, and sometimes we have the ups, right? And life can change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it it will always change, and I think you know. I think one of the things that I had to like stop and sort of laugh about about the coronavirus things is like, okay, while I understand that um, we don't know where everything's going, every I've seen so many things. Uh, people are saying the world will never be the same, and you know, this just like ultimate like. Yeah chasm of 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 darkness and yeah it's really i'm not i don't mean to downplay the seriousness of it um you know we my family was actually allegedly exposed to someone that had it through my my um my dad's doctor and so we were all on edge about that and whatnot and then the 14 days passed and nobody developed any symptoms so we don't know if we had if you know if we ever got it or not but like Um, it's very serious. I, I know people, I don't know anyone that's lost their life, but I know people who do know firsthand people that have lost their life. Um, and you know, my grandma, um, I'm actually in North Carolina, by the way, I didn't tell you that. I was out out of New York when this started and then it's, I was literally heading back to the city and I, and I saw the was like preparing to go back and I was like, maybe I'm just gonna not go back right now
1: smart (laughs) yeah i I, I,
0: I I usually talk to you from there that's why (laughs) you know i i love the spirit of all of the think pieces i've been reading where people are like i'm a new yorker and i was here during 9 11 and i'll be here you know for whatever i'm not leaving i love it and if i was there maybe i'd have that but risk practically just not there
1: (laughs) so way to go somewhere else then then why not right um, they don't kick me out if I did the wrong thing. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but, um, but I've
0: been here, and and part of that has been you know because of it just made more sense to not go back up, but also um, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia a year ago, and so we've also been on edge about that because maybe he's at a higher risk, um, and so you know we've been we've been seeing that process and dealing with it, but I think this thought I was having about these think pieces and whatnot, like everything's different. It's not going to be the same. Okay. Like the economy, you know, hit the bottom and, and all of these major changes we're having to make. And and yes, it's very serious and, 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 very sad. And I feel for, you know, people that are losing people, there is a general sense of like mourning and awareness of the heaviness of so much death. Like that cannot be overlooked, but I just feel like, Throughout history, things have happened and people have probably always felt that the world was just never yeah. going to be the same.
1: The but what does that I mean, adapt, you know? We do. I mean, I grew up with the world literally, supposedly ending every three years of my life. So if there was ever something that I trained for, it's like, oh, I've, I've, I've been, I don't know if it's, I've, I guess I've developed quite a bit of resilience. But I've sat back right. mostly and kind of thought, observed people's reactions rather than being inducted into them. Um, other right. than my own business, because I work for myself, kind of yeah, I'm in training and development, so loads of right. cancellations and having to sit with the kind of anxiety around, uh, you know, what's going to happen next. Um, I want to leave people with some some like I don't know top tips. So. Um, first of all, how do you deal with fear? Because you're talking about like fear, and that's often a precursor to anxiety, which leads to like eating lots of chocolate, which I did in the first week, um, and then it can and then watching the news and the cycle. Like, and I'm not saying from any kind of place of perfection because we all feel fear, but like how are you managing that side of things? Yeah, um. Are, do you mean in this particular context? Well, this particular? I, I'm also thinking your entrepreneurial journey. Like you're always the the guy who's like hustling for new stuff. So you would be the kind of experience that roller coaster of oh my god, new opportunity. Oh my god, I'm going to lose everything. Great opportunity, you know that thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to like career stuff, uh, I might be. It's one of those things where it's almost like. Um, if you're ignorant you're able to to be more to do more because I, I, I agree with that i don't look before i leap and yeah i've gotten into many messes but i've also done some really cool things i just think oh i want to try this and i just jump in and that's just one area of my life i'm not saying i'm like that everywhere it's just with that stuff i just love the thrill so yeah. i don't really think too much before trying things which is not fully good or bad but uh But I have felt the pain of things not working out or, you know, some of those things uh, not going the right way. And and I think for me, it's just like, well, what I've learned is like our emotions um, often are like reactions or or they're not. It's not like you can't touch what your emotions are upset about, I think. I mean, sometimes you can and sometimes it's there, but no matter what, it's not your emotions cannot necessarily change things. So there is, I think, a limit, like, I think your emotions are there to tell you things and to show you things, show you what you want, show you what you don't want. But the emotion isn't necessarily going to change the situation. So the quicker you can get out of an undesired emotion, I think the better you can um, just start acting again. and actions are what change things. And so that little journey of feeling bad, feeling anxiety, I mean, I have that, you know, more than one time a year because sometimes because of something that happened, but also literally because of my physiology getting out of whack. And I, and I think what I would say is, while there are external things and you have to go through the work to learn how to find your center and balance that, um, something like my physiology, just to bring it back to what we are saying earlier, is, is a very real, very complicated thing that is not something you can just wishful think away. It's like, that's more of a scientific equation to solve. Yeah. And so, um, my nickname for that is it's, is that it's, it's, or like my metaphor is that your body kind of has its own artificial intelligence. Um, one of my favorite books, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, he uses the a, a motor, a motorcycle that needs fixing as the metaphor for like the human body. And it's got all these parts and all these things. And if that's not working right, then that's not going to work right and whatnot. And so I think the task is to start to understand the motorcycle or start to understand your body's AI. And, and how it all fits care. together. Yeah. Yeah. And so from there, you can know, okay, hmm, I'm, I'm still mad about what this person said to me two weeks ago. And I've been ruminating on that before I go to sleep and when I wake up every morning. Why is that happening? Now, a person that hasn't learned their AI, learned their patterns, learned whether it's food that's causing that or it's a a psychiatric whatnot, would be at such a disadvantage of getting out of that loop because they
1: don't have the map of their body's patterns. So Um, really, it's self-awareness is the first step. It's like, how do I know? myself, my triggers, my this, my that, my body, my mind, so that when life happens, which is uncertain, we kind of know, all right, well, this has worked in the past for me. Maybe I've got to add a little bit, another layer of information to my knowledge, right? But essentially, it's having a reflective practice or way of constantly learning about yourself. Yeah. and,
0: And putting it back in the context of those four themes, practical, Um, The practical side of that, which is physical health, your finances, your career. The social side, which may be relationships and friends. The emotional side and the psychological side, and then uh, the other I I like to call esteem. I'm not sure if I said it that way earlier, but it's but it's also just like your 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 self identity, your ambitions, your confidence. Any of those areas can be both a pathway or a trigger into um, a personal crisis or out of a personal crisis. So starting to take note of if what those are from those four areas, and say, did any of those lead me into this? Or how are any of those a way out of this? I think is a way to have a, to start to understand your map, your your self-awareness, your your AI, and then treat it and tweak it as need be. I think that's, that's how I deal with it anyway.
1: <laughs> I love it. And I know before we went on air, you were talking about like almost switching, doing something to help you switch your emotional state quicker. So perhaps you're stuck in something and, oh, you could either stay there for a week, a month, or you could be like, all right, I've got two hours or 24 hours. I don't know. What's the... Do you say something to yourself to like help that switch or what do you do?
0: Well, I yeah, I have a nickname for this, which is Switch Quick. <laughs> and,
1: I know. It does what it, it says on the tin.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so necessary for me because sometimes it, I've had these moments when I need to be doing something else. So I will... I mean for me, um, for me, sometimes it means 24 hours. Sometimes I don't always hit the mark because I might literally just be like, if I have a gluten out reaction, that's about a week and a half of just ugh, like not even all mental, just physical. And that can be more, more difficult, but I can, I can still change my mindset, even if I can't get rid of all the inflammation that goes on. But, uh, but if it's, if it's a, if it's a person to person thing, which is, I think why well, I told you that some, some, if someone has, you know, caused something in a relationship or if it's a boss or whatever, it's so easy to just
1: hang on to Roger that it and feel crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and my, my dad always says like, the only person you're hurting is yourself when you're upset, whoever did the thing to you, is not feeling what you're feeling. So you're not really getting anything out of that. So, I- so go ahead. I just
1: said he's wise, your dad's wise
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, um, so with that, um, I think my way of that is literally it's almost like I have thrown myself into the situations that I know that will happen to build up my immunity to it, so if I, if, I, if there's if there's a person you know in my social life or whatnot and i and they and they are a woodpecker, um I we all will, know a few of those <laughs> I will purposefully, yeah. I'll purposely spend more time there, so to say. All right, let's see how much of this I can actually. Whoa. I know it sounds. It's not always smart, and it's not always. I don't do it with everyone, but if it's, it's someone, I'll say, you know, let's just. see there's an opportunity. How Little of a reaction I can have to this, and so that's one way of building it up. Um, and I think the other side is there's some people or things that we just think of over and over. It's kind of random. It's like, why is this person the person that I? And with that, I think it's just, you know, sometimes if they're deeper wounds or whatnot, they they hang on and it's hard to completely get rid of them. But you can practice it by saying, all right, no matter what I'm thinking, what can I simultaneously be doing um, eating, but with with carefulness um, or going out on a walk or whatever? And what can I do to kind of counterbalance that and start to, just I think the like you said, the awareness that you're trying to fix that as opposed to letting it just rain on you. It's like, okay, well, I can grab an umbrella and I can be aware that it's raining. So being aware of it, being aware that you're telling yourself that does not have to be a big thing, even if it's happening. Because going back to my brother, he does hear voices, right? He hears them every day, but he doesn't, he no longer reacts to them. So it's it's finding that way of of seeing these things. Ha- these as things that are separate from you that you don't have to hold on to you can let that h- thought happen actually you can
1: let that person occupy it, it in a way that you would mindfully but it doesn't have to control your reactions um johnny we're always gonna have to get you on the podcast again because we just haven't had enough time to get and there's so many other topics right that we could go deep on so we'll get you on again um, before I ask my final question, if people want to connect with you, if they want to get you involved in their business or whatever it might be, I know you you do so many things, but where can they find you? Um,
0: so I would say that, uh, do most people give out their personal email? If not, I'm going to give you your email. Our, our, email, is, uh, our email is info at right org. That's spelled Y-O-U-A-L-R-I-G-H-T-M-A-T-E.org. <laughs> that was just and, our, and that's website. our website there on the uh on the end of that
1: so you're right yeah. mate yeah yeah so we'll add that into the show notes so people can reach out for sure and my final question is what advice would you give to the, the the person I don't know maybe they're in their early 20s maybe they're in their late teens whatever it might be it doesn't matter what stage of life but they are recognizing that their mood and their state of mind is affecting them in some way they're not finding the enjoyment in their work And you're talking about that physiological aspect. So what is maybe the first step or two or three that they could like, how do they get started if this is new? And now they're like, Oh my God, there's so much information. Where do I start?
0: So I would say, um, literally, you know, we're always Googling educate yourself, learn a bit. Uh, The first thing I would type into Google is physiology Physiology and and uh, and mood, physiology and mental health. You're going to find a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, people have written personal essays. Someone with bipolar disorder has written an essay about how amino acids help them. I would say start there because the problem might be smaller than you think. That doesn't mean discounting going to see a, seeing a therapist. You may need that and you should always keep that as an option. But learn a little bit you know doctors get mad when you google but learn a little bit about what you can read to understand your body first um it'll have it'll you know the book we like to work with the mood cure will have bits in there about relationships or or other things so you can start to see how these things connect but at the very least that's going to give you a vocabulary and a basis for when you do go talk to a doctor or whatnot. That helps you be more of a, you know, this term floats around patient self-advocacy. It helps you be more of a self-advocate when you're able to just use the vocabulary versus going in blind and being told what to do. So I would say get familiar with the terminology, the triggers, the pathways, uh, and understand it for yourself. Because if you don't know those things, you're just going to be told what to do. And sometimes what people are telling you to do is too much or not even right at all.
1: Absolutely. Or you're going to avoid the whole thing and just accept that you have a mood disorder or you're not happy in your life and keep watching Netflix and eating tubs of ice cream. You know what I mean? Um, And
0: and you could not even have that mood disorder or you could not even have that diagnosis and you've eaten, you know. 3,000 things of ice cream over the past six years. I don't know. I ain't, I don't know <laughs> what the that past was three going. weeks for some people with yeah, all this ice yeah. condition. <laughs> yeah, and you might have not even needed to go down that path. So just make sure you know what all the paths are before committing to one. I, would say. I
1: love it. Yeah, I love it. So be aware, be conscious, educate yourself. There are so many ways to invest in yourself and to join up our physiology and our mental health. Johnny, thank you so much for your time. Let's get you on again soon. Hope you look after yourself.